Our readings today have a pretty consistent theme. Uh, From Sirach, in the first reading, to the Gospel, we hear this, this theme of humility, of encouraging humility. In fact, the Gospel goes so far, I think, not only to give a theme of humility, but what the fruit of humility looks like in a person's life, and that's generosity. So humility leads to generosity. Let's say that this homily could be kind of a proof for that. If we look at uh, one of the most holy women that's probably walked the earth in the last 50 years, first name that comes to mind for most of us is probably Mother Teresa. Just a really easy, you know, iconic face. Woman that's going to be canonized in a week. Like the church is going to ratify and recognize that this woman is in heaven praying on all our behalf. One thing that if we look at Mother Teresa that that made her so attractive was her humility. Was her littleness. But I would say her recognition of who she was before God. Recognizing I'm I'm small. Recognizing that I'm, I'm little. Recognizing that I'm not called to do great things, but small things with great love. Right? That being her mantra. Mother Teresa, she, she struggled. And she went through darkness and despair and kind of, where are you? Like these questions of where are you, God? And, and this, un, you know, this unguided kind of thing where she just was working completely off of faith when it was the hardest thing to do. I mean, that's what had made her heroic. And it was because she recognized herself in relation to God. And she recognized how small she was and that God was a good and loving father. In her life, humility led to generosity. So Mother Teresa would renounce everything that she had, would join sisters, would end up starting her own order, whose one job was to go to the forgotten corner of the world in Calcutta, and work with people who were literally being left in the streets to die. To do what kind of work? Not to heal them and bring them back to full health, and not to, not to make them all of a sudden uh, go from social rejects to the kings and queens of the world, right? Like, to give them a dignified death in a lot of cases. Like, just to recognize their humanity. But she gave of herself. She devoted her life to that mission. And we recognize... The the secular culture recognized her humility and her generosity. In a similar way, yesterday, about 100 seminarians from Notre Dame Seminary in New Orleans got in cars at about 6 o'clock in the morning, and they drove to St. Martinville, and they drove to Baton Rouge. They were split up amongst these work sites, and they worked like dogs for the people that had lost so much in the flood. Again, the forgotten corner of the United States, these people that, like the flood happened a week ago, and of course that's old news now. But these people are still putting their lives back together. And they, they, they were able to go and serve in that capacity. Likewise, 20 or so students from our, our community here did the same thing. 6.30 in the morning, met up with another 80 or so college students, 
hundred or so college students who had a ton of other things that could be done on a Saturday at the beginning of the semester to do what? To serve. To live a life oriented towards other. To be generous with their time. Be generous with their time. A, a, a commodity for college students that I understand is, is worth its weight in gold. Like knowing when I think of when I think of generosity, like that that term, right? I guess it's like the future pastor in me thinks money, like thinks collection. Like when I think generosity, what can you give to the church? That's immediately where my mind goes. But for a college student, for a seminarian, um, one of which I'm both, right, a seminarian and a college student, I know we don't have money, right? We don't have enough to be giving of anything. The one thing that we have that we can give but that is still valuable, is time. So like the witness of the young people that left from here and the witness of those men from the seminary, both of which are powerful witness to what? Our secular world. And that we're giving everything that we can now. A life oriented towards generosity. But that's a fruit of a life that's inundated with the virtue of humility. Of humility. Now, one thing about humility that we have to, that like the premise and the basic and the foundation of humility that has to be understood is that humility is not divorce of reality. Like humility is rooted in reality. Humility is rooted in truth, right? Like every other big virtue, love, faith, all of it is rooted where? First in truth, because God is true, right? So humility has to be rooted in the reality. What do I mean by that? Looking at Mother Teresa, she talks about humility, and she said, humility is the mother of all the virtues. Of purity, it's the mother of charity, it's the mother of obedience. It is in being humble that our lives become real, devoted, and ardent. So they become rooted in reality, they become devoted to another, and they become ardent like they're on fire with love. If you are humble, nothing will touch you, neither praise nor disgrace, because you know who you are. If you're humble, you know who you are. If you are blamed, you won't be discouraged. And if they call you a saint, you won't put yourself on a pedestal. See, humility is basically recognizing ourselves before God. Like seeing in truth who we are before God. Not being too full of ourselves, but at the same time, not condemning ourselves. Now, the best definition I've ever heard of of humility comes from the movie Rudy. Um, if you've ever seen this movie, you know that Rudy is like the runt of the litter, right? Like he's got no talent. He's like a tackling dummy with cleats. Um, the guy's terrible at the sport. They like, you're not worth your weight in anything. And he's got a dream that he's going to play football for Notre Dame. Like the Notre Dame, Indy, South Bend, right? Touchdown, Jesus, and all. Like he's got a dream to run out that stadium with like the gold helmet on, and who wouldn't? Because Notre Dame, guaranteed every year, is going to be in the top ten, even though they went nine and three last year. Again, like it's Notre Dame. Like they have this reputation, so of course he's going to be excited about going to Notre Dame. So Rudy's all about that's his goal. That's his that's his dream, and he goes through all these different things of working his way into getting to Notre Dame. And it's like at that moment where it's the breaking point where he, look, I'm trying to get my grades up to get in. And I don't know if I have, I, I don't know if I, I can, 
So he's, he, there's a scene where he's sitting in the church and he's just praying. Like you could tell he's like, he's like a college student in finals week, right? Like everything else is out the way. Like he's turning to God. Like we need divine intervention on this to get me in, right? He's sitting there and he's praying. And he's like his friend, this priest passes by and sees him. So like he peels off, comes sit down and talks to him for a little bit. And he looks at Rudy and they have this little conversation. And Rudy's like, man, like maybe I haven't prayed enough. Like maybe, and the priest is like, that, that ain't it. And he says, well, Father, can, can you do something for me? Like he looks at him and says, can you do something? And the priest's response is, is perfect. He says, in, 20, in 35 years of spiritual studies, I've come to two, two hardcore facts. One, there is a God. And two, I'm not him. And now, like, that, that statement, there is a God, I'm not him. Like, in the movie, it's kind of like a little bit of a joke, and, and we kind of smile or whatever, but there's a truth in that. Like, that's the best definition I've probably ever heard of humility. There is a God, and I'm not him. So, like, how do we work with our lives? How do we go about our lives? Do we work with our lives as if we're the Lord of our own life, where we get to put all our pieces in place and make sure that, like, we look pretty to the rest of the world, right? Does our Facebook have to tell the perfect story? Does our Instagram or our Snapchat have to have everything right in place? Or is our life oriented where I know there is a God and I'm not Him? Like, I have weakness because I'm not God. I'm not perfect. I have shortcomings because I stand before God. I'm not him. Now, the other, the flip side of this is probably the biggest misconception of humility that exists. Like, when you hear the word humble, some people think that like, okay, now I got to look gloomy and depressed and sad all the time. And like, if you're a good singer, you have to basically say, if you sing something, somebody gives you a compliment, you have to look at them and say, oh, no, no, I suck. And it's like, no, that, that's not humility. That's what we call false humility. Because it's not rooted in truth. Humility is standing before God and recognizing the gifts that we have. But not loving the gift for what it is, but loving the gift because of who gave it. When it comes to a Christmas present or, or an engagement ring, something very, very valuable. Hopefully it's not the ring that gets all the focus. Hopefully it's not, okay, the diamond is just so big and it's oriented such a way and cut this perfect way and it's this right shade and all this thing. Like, hopefully that's not what gets the focus. But it's the person who gave it. A, the gift should be a fruit of the love of the giver and should be recognized as such. When we uphold the gift as the end all, our gifts from God, like we, our ability to sing, our ability to speak, our ability to sit in just in pe with people in the hard times of life. P teachers, nurses, doctors, like being able to sit and just be with people that are going through trouble and going through hard times and being able to be compassionate with them. Like those are gifts from God. But if we uphold them for what they like for their own sake, we forget a major part of this like of the picture, right? We we begin to to start looking at our lives like like if we if we forget that God exists in this, what are we? 
Like if we look at, what I mean by that is, if we look at Genesis, if you look at from the very beginning, God takes a handful of dirt, molds it, and breathes into it, and calls it man, and calls it woman. Like if we take God out of that picture, we're nothing but dirt. If we take God out of that picture, we're, we, we fall short. We have no life within us. And if we look at the scripture today, that's what Jesus is talking about. He's not giving us just some kind of like, like some kind of tips on how to be how to be at a party. Like this is much bigger than a handbook on etiquette. Jesus is talking about a disposition of ourselves before God, that we recognize who we are in our littleness, who we are in our smallness, who we are as receivers of gifts from God. But that we never forget the God that gives, the God that has created, and the God that loves us, even to today. So when we go into confession, we, we encounter that God who's so willing to give mercy. When we come to Mass, we come to receive God in the Eucharist, like, the, like God that is so willing to give himself to us in such an intimate way. When we read scripture, we hear of a God that's so willing even to give of his own son. Jesus Christ, who took the biggest step of humility ever. From divine to human. From creator to creature. Like if we look at our lives in the context of being before God. What is it that we put on a pedestal? Because I guarantee you, those things that we put on a pedestal are the same things that are dragging us down in our sin. Those things that we have, quote-unquote, pride in, that's disordered, are the same things that are weighing us down in our spiritual lives. That are weighing us down in our ability to pray. That are weighing us down in our relationships with one another. Our friends, our, our significant other, whoever it is. I invite you during this week, take some time. What are the things that you're holding on to and focusing on just the gift and not the giver? Because I guarantee you, if we're the ones, if, if we are, are bold enough and humble enough and lowly enough to put ourselves at the seat of no honor, like Mother Teresa, will be the ones that will be read, like in the register of saints right there with her. That's Jesus' promise. Make yourself lowly. And then let me exalt you. Let me invite you. Let me bring you to myself. Let that disposition be the disposition that not only we receive the Eucharist with tonight, but that we approach our days with, that we approach our lives with, that we approach our class, our family, our friends with. May that be the, the disposition that animates us. That we never forget. We always remember the gift because of the giver. Amen.